Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersland, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tune Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Why don't you give us a call? Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We always appreciate hearing folks all around town, all around the country, wherever you may be. And right now is the perfect opportune time to get your questions answered well it absolutely is you call early in the show and not only do we have all our lines open but generally our minds are a little bit a little bit of pressure <laughs> <laughs> after about an hour of doing this you kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not quite as sharp as you should have been a lot of times people ask me where we get our ideas uh-huh. for the different topics that we come up with and every week we try to have some sort of a basis topic and it's not limited to that you can always call in on anything that you may be on your mind right and we get most of that from our email we do a lot of times listeners will email in with ideas and Mm -hmm. we always like those it gives us something at least we know that this is something that people are interested in hearing right especially if we get two or three on the same topic right during the week Mm -hmm. we kind of put a show around it that's right right. and that's exactly what mr jeter did right mr jeter wrote in and there's a couple of really good questions kind of pertaining to the same thing but a little different and his first one was he'd like to hear comments on buying a used car with more than one hundred thousand miles with the intention of getting another hundred thousand miles out right and that in itself you have to find the right car to begin with I think that's absolutely maybe the most important thing is to buy the right car. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go out and buy a Ford Fiesta if you're going to use it for a pickup truck. Right. There again, if you need a a small car just to get back and forth to work, you don't want to go out and buy a half-ton pickup truck. Right. So it's getting the right vehicle. Or a luxury car. Right. It's it's getting the right vehicle to start with. Also, more and more, what we're seeing is that there are cars that are built with a life in mind when, when they're built. Some of the new... And I'm not going to say cheaper cars because some of the more expensive ones, too. The same way, yeah. Some cars just don't have a long service life intended when they're built. They're a 100,000-mile vehicle, and that's sure. what they are. And after that point, they're going to start, well, things are going start, to start breaking. breaking so much that you just can't hardly afford to keep them going. But you know, something like your Hondas and your Toyota products generally are longer-lasting vehicles. Providing they were taken care of correctly in the first 100,000 miles. That's correct. And... When you're trying to find a car with that kind of miles on it, any of the maintenance records you can get from previous repairs or previous maintenance that's been done, that is a a pretty good indication of how the vehicle was maintained up to this point. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not always available. No, it's not. So there's a couple of things you can sort of look at that will give you a pretty good idea. And this is just from my personal experience. One is if you look at the type of tires that are on a car, and they've got a premium set of tires on this car. Mm-hmm. It's not a no-name right, knockoff. It's not two different kinds of tires, three different kinds of tires. Chances are, if the guy invested in a good set of tires, he probably knows mm-hmm. the difference in cost and price. Right. And that's why he did it. So that's one indication. And that's something you can look at in any car you walk up to. You mm-hmm. don't even have to open a door. Right. That is right there on the outside for you to see. That's right. Second thing is, look at the type of battery in the car. And again, if it's got a department store battery or some kind of third world Mickey Moto battery in there, mm-hmm. chances are when you go cheap on a battery, you're going to go cheap, cheap on, on everything, everything else. else. So right. look for a good type of battery in it. Third thing is look at the oil filter on the car. And if you have a factory type oil filter or equivalent on the vehicle, mm-hmm. odds are this person is the kind of person who, number one, goes somewhere that does quality service right. or services himself and does a quality job. 
So those three things certainly are not all-inclusive, but they do give you a pretty good indication of the mindset of the previous owner of the vehicle. Right. Now, obviously, like you said, if you can get the actual service records, that's even better. A lot of times we will recommend buying a car three years old, and that normally implies that it's going to have 30 30, to 40, 50,000 miles on it. 30 to 50,000 miles. The reason being, cars depreciate very rapidly in the first three years. Correct. Most vehicles lose about 50% of their value in the first three years. And in the first three years, there's really hardly any maintenance except for oil changes and, you know, maybe little stuff. But, and then everything that has failed under the warranty has already been repaired. Well, and the thing is, even if they did nothing more than the absolute minimum, the car's probably not hurt at that point. Sure. Now, there are folks who just can't afford to go out and buy a three-year-old 35, 40,000 mile car because right. those are pretty much going to sell at a premium. Even though they're considerably less than a new car, they're still selling at a pretty higher price. So if they need to buy something less expensive, there's two ways to do it. One is to go with an older vehicle. You'll go to a six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old vehicle. Sure. The second is go with a higher mileage but fairly new vehicle. And I always found that was a much wiser way to go. If I can find a three year old car with 100,000 miles, the value of the car is going to go down considerably because, because of the high of the mileage. mileage. Right. But what that really means is that someone has driven this car. Right. It's been in the road for three years. They've driven it a lot. I mean, it, it takes a lot to put 100,000 miles on a vehicle in three, in years. three years. Unless you're going four or 500 miles at a time. Correct. Now, that is also, fortunately, ideal conditions for the car. So people who drive that way are generally going to be have a better vehicle mm-hmm. when they're through. Not only that, but people that drive that way tend to be on the road a lot, so they tend to take a little better care of the car. Sure, because you don't want to break down on the road. I That's mean, right. You're at the mercy of wherever you break down. Mm-hmm. So if you take better care of it up front, you're not as apt to have a, a breakdown on the road. That's right. So I find if you need to conserve some cash, if you need to buy a lower price, look for the newest vehicle you can afford with higher miles mm-hmm. as opposed to buying an older vehicle with, with lower, lower miles. miles. What you absolutely do not want is a 10-year-old vehicle with 30,000 miles. Right. It hadn't been anywhere. It's been sitting. Been sitting a lot. And, and that is really terrible for a vehicle. That usually is one of the worst things you can do with a vehicle. Let's go to our phone lines. we got Jeff on the line. Good morning, Jeff. Morning. Good yes, morning. i got an 08 Chevy Silverado 5.3, but I've got 191,000 miles on it. And okay. I think I'm having some transmission issues. It seems like when I take off, it shifts fine, but when I get up to around 40, between 40 and 45 and on up, it doesn't seem to shift into overdrive. It just stays at the high end. Okay. Do you know if that's a six-speed or a four-speed? I don't know. Because it could be either one, and, and the answers are going to be pretty much completely different. But if you look on the instrument cluster where the Prindle is, the park neutral drive, uh-huh. does it have an M after no. the D? Okay, so it's probably no. the four-speed. Yeah, four-speed is a relatively simple transmission, 4L60E. There's a clutch in there that can go out in time and miles, and what ha- that's what applies the, the overdrive thing and all that. So uh-huh. it will shift the other gears, but when it gets to that, if it doesn't see a gear, it's just not going to go to it. It's going to do one of two things. Either it'll neutral out, which yours obviously is not doing, or it just won't shift. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's going to most likely be something in that area. Now, there's a small chance it could be one of the commands from the outside. Something like the manual lever position sensor can go out, cause that kind of a problem. Some of the other sensors can go out. I mean, any shop that is worth their salt could go in, 
number one, scan the modules and see if there's any code stored. Because even though the check engine light's not on, it could have a code stored, what's called a manufacturer's code. Another thing is that there may be, they can, they can do some other tests, like a pressure test. They can see what the pressures are doing and all that. That'll tell you if it's inside or outside the transmission. Okay. Also possible, the brake light switch can cause it from going in overdrive. You know, if it thinks the brakes are applied when they're not because the switch is sending the wrong signal, it can do that. That will normally throw a check engine light. But No, I don't have any check engine light. Yeah, just really need to take a look at it. I mean, I wouldn't – what you don't want is to go to anyone who says, well, we're going to take it apart and see what's wrong. The very <laughs> second that transmission comes apart, all diagnosis ends at that point. Yep. Now you're into a transmission. So you want to go to the kind of guy who says, well, what we're going to do is we're going to check this, 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 this from the outside. It's not going to disable a vehicle in any way, shape, or form, and then I'm going to be able to give you an answer or at least give you a pretty close answer. For instance, he may say, okay, the problem is definitely inside the transmission. Everything on the outside is working perfectly. Well, he can't necessarily say exactly what it is without taking it apart, but at least you know you're into a transmission at that point. You don't, okay. What you don't want is to go in. I've seen people put a transmission in a car for a problem like this, and it still have the same problem uh-huh. because it was something on the outside and it didn't get diagnosed. So and, and so not only did it not need the transmission, but it still got the same problem. It has to be fixed now. Yeah, well, that's why I'm trying to figure out if it's major because it's got 191,000 miles on it and mm-hmm. everything. And I'm trying to figure out whether it would be worth putting the money into it. Well, let me you know, ask you this. End, well, let me ask you this. New- well, do you like the truck? Yeah, the truck. It's paid for. Well, I mean, does it like do everything it. you want to do? Well, I mean, you put a transmission in probably for around three grand, and you know that you can't buy anything else for three. Yeah, grand. what you can buy for three right. grand? I mean, you can't buy uh-huh. anything for thirty thousand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. at least you know this one. Yeah, you know, you've taken care of yourself. It's uh-huh. devil, you know, is a whole lot better than devil. You don't know. You go buy yeah. a used vehicle, no telling what you're getting. At least this one, you yeah. know, everything is good except for the one thing. So, what we would normally do with that higher mileage, we put a GM remanufactured transmission in, have a three-year, hundred thousand-mile warranty on the new trans. I mean, that's pretty strong. That's strong when you get on a new one. And mm-hmm. that way, I mean, hey, you could probably put another 100,000 miles on if you care to. Uh, yeah. Just don't know if the engine would die that long. Normally, we don't see a whole lot of trouble out of them. I mean, so long as the oil's been changed fairly regularly in it and everything. Well, the oil's changed every year, 4,500 miles. Yeah. What I would suggest, Jeff, where are you calling from? Zachary. If you take it to us, we will do a general inspection on the vehicle. Uh-huh. And that's where we go through it from stem to stern. And I might say, okay, Jeff, this is a good, solid vehicle. There's really nothing else wrong with it other than this. And then it might come back and say, look, Jeff, man, the air conditioning clutch is fixed to go out. Compressor's leaking. The brakes mm-hmm. are almost metal on metal. The rear end's starting to whine. No. I mean, you can make a decision with information. Right. But that's what I would recommend is get it inspected by someone we call it a general inspection. We just go through the whole car, and I can let you know not only what's wrong, but what's fixing to go wrong. And if that list is pretty short, then, yeah, it makes sense. If that list is pretty long, yeah, I mean, we could even do a compression test, check the oil pressure on the engine, those sorts of things. If everything else is good, then, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, if you've got three or four other major problems looming, well, no, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the engine runs fine. It just that gets a variable cylinder thing. It just... It, Oil mysteriously disappears. Yeah. I got to put about a quarter a month or two. Yeah. yeah. How many yeah, miles you know? in a month, though? Put about 3,000 miles a month. Yeah, that's not bad, according yeah. to GM's. Uh, I tell you, uh, if, if that was a 2019 and you yeah. burn a quarter of 3,000 miles, they would not address that under warranty. Right. They'd tell okay. you that's acceptable. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee yeah. you, we see it every day. 
Oh, yeah. Well, there's some general it, inspection y'all do. Yes, sir. That's what I'm kind of looking to have done. Okay. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Ball park. Okay. It, it, uh, it's around $105 at our shop, oh, and well, we, go, we go through stimulus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think I'll drop I'll come. Uh, I'll, I might drop it off to Monday then or yeah. maybe this weekend and just come by and see y'all that. Yeah, that sounds I good. I appreciate it. All, All right. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, well, man. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take a quick little break. David, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break. Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues, uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! That little bitch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan. This is Brian Terry right here by my side. Hey, we appreciate you listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. And we've got David's been patiently holding. Good morning, David. Good morning, guys. Yes, sir. Hey, you've got an O2 Trailblazer, mm -hmm. and the air conditioning blower switch, and I'm not in it right now, but I think it goes one zero to four or five. All of the speeds work except the high. Okay. So I don't know if it's the switch or probably would not be the blower, switch. You know. Yeah. See, that goes through a blower transistor. They call it transistor or resistor to make those speeds. And then the high is going to go bypass all of that. So if right. all that's working, most likely the switch, and there's the same switch runs at all, it's going through that part of the circuit. I would more assume you've got a burned connection somewhere on the high circuit. And the most common reason for that is the blower motor is drawing too many amps. Now, what you don't want to do is go in, find you've got a burned circuit somewhere, repair that circuit, and put it back together, because I can absolutely guarantee you in about a month or two you can have the same problem again. So sure. what you need to shop to do is go in, check the amperage draw on the motor. Almost always, when those motors get old, they start to get dry internally, and they start to drag, and the amp draw goes up, and they burn stuff up. Now, high is going to burn up first because it's drawing the most amperage. Sure. So most likely... Something in the circuit that bypasses the resistor is going to be in. They're pretty bad about connections and stuff burning in there. I would suspect most likely it's going to be a connector or something burned, but be sure to check that amp draw on the motor or you'll come back with the same problem or worse. You know, it can burn other stuff out. And where is that motor located, the well, blower motor? The motor's going to be under the hood on the right-hand side or, or okay. you know, up yeah. under the dash somewhere. Right. But you That's, get anywhere on the wire and measure the draw. Yeah. Right. On the same vehicle... It's my daughter's vehicle. She drives in from New Orleans, and I go fill it up with gas, and it's like, wait, the real, the rear wiper is on. So you got to flip it off, you know, the switch, flip it to the left to turn it off. Mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, it go off. Turn it back, back, and I'm, you know, as I'm driving, I'm turning it off, on, off, on, off, on. It never turns off, never stops. Mm -hmm. 
And so I said, well, I can't have that. So I will, so I just took the, took it off. Right. But, you know, it's still gone. So, and I've looked on a bunch of YouTube deals, and it's like, what the heck is going on with that? Mm-hmm. So, does you it, got any it does It doesn't run when the engine's off. When the key is off, it, it stops no, running? of course not. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, most likely it's, it's going to be the park cam in the motor. They've got a little cam inside that motor. And right. what it does is that if you turn the switch off with the wiper up, it doesn't stay up. It brings it all the way down to park position. Okay, and it does that by bypassing the switch. So what happens is that when it, let's say it's halfway up, you turn the switch off. Well, when it goes down to park, it opens the circuit on the bypass, so then it turns off. If that bypass cam, if the park cam assembly, something in there malfunctions, what it's going to do is, even though you got the switch off, is bypass it, putting power to it to park it, but it doesn't see park, so it just keeps running. That's usually the problem with that. So I just take off the back back there. Yeah, you'd have to get into yeah. You could probably end up having to replace the motor. I don't think they sell a park cam assembly for that one, although they may. Most yeah. of the time they do not. Some of the front motors they do sell, but the back one you have a yeah. little small motor and they don't sell any parts for it. But right. what you would yeah. do is if you check, there's going to be several leads going to the motor. You have to have a wiring diagram. You'll go online, find a wiring diagram for it. If the switch lead from the switch gets hot when you turn it on and, get, and goes neutral when you, when you turn it off or goes cold when you turn it off, then you know right. that's working. And right. there's going to be another lead that's hot all the time. That's the bypass lead. If yeah. that is... That's going to stay hot all the time. But, I mean, if the other switch lead is good, then it's got to be the bypass because it's got to pick up power somewhere to run. Right. Okay. okay. That's what I need, guys. I appreciate it. All, all right, right. Like your show. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. I'll see we lost our other caller. If you call right back, I'll put you straight up to the top of the list. And we were talking just a little bit about vehicles and how to get more miles out of a vehicle and number one buy the right vehicle to start with you don't want a car that some of the cars that are just not built to go long distances hundred thousand miles right where it was engineered to design pretty much done at that point and you can tell a lot about cars by the resale value the cars that are really cheap on the resale value it's usually because of that right the words out they just don't hold up very well right so buy a good car but also don't buy we're used to saying that something that costs more is better. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, that's true. But not always. For instance, a Cadillac may cost a lot more than a Chevrolet, but it's not necessarily better. It's just got a lot more gadgets and gizmos on it. That's why it costs more. That's why it costs more. And all those things have a lifetime, and they all start to break, and they all have to be maintained. And a guy asked me one time, says, why does it cost so much money to maintain my Mercedes. Right. I said, well, because you have a car that costs $100,000 new, the way it got to $100,000, every part costs more money. Sure. So when you start changing those parts, it costs a lot more money. So where I'm going with all that, a Toyota Avalon may cost more than a Toyota Corolla. And if you want Avalon, that's great. They're both good cars. But the maintenance on that Avalon is going to be more than it is on the Corolla. Just because the parts cost more, there's more of them. So it's going to cost more. So if you want a certain car, life's too short not to have what you want. But buy the least car that you can put up with. If you're going to be miserable every time you have to crank your own window up, well, then, heck, buy a car with power windows. (laughs) Exactly. Life's too short. Or if you want cruise control or you want whatever feature you want, get what you want. Right. But just remember that when those options break, 
it costs more to get them fixed. That's right. You know, I, I've seen roll-up windows last the entire life of a vehicle. Well, yeah. And I have seen power windows have four or five motors and two regulators, and it just costs more because there's it's a more complicated system. Well, a power window rarely lasts the life of the car. Very in, rare. In my experience. I mean, I guess some Like some in the back, maybe, but usually the one, drivers are One you are don't use a whole lot, or yeah. you're just very judicious with it. You keep the tracks clean and all that, and there's actually an article on the site on how about, to make them last longer. But for the most part, it's going to be one of those things that at some point in time, it's going to break. Now, if you like that convenience, that's great. Sure. Get it and just know that at some point, I'm going to spend a few bucks to get this thing fixed. Same with every other accessory. But if you buy a car that's just loaded up with accessories, then you got to know that maintenance on that car is going to be a whole lot more. And not only that, but today's newer vehicles, you can't just elect, hey, if it quits working, I'm just not going to use it anymore. Right. I'm not going to fix it. Right. They have to be they, fixed. It has to be fixed now because everything is on a central bus, all the electrical. You know, So when you push that window switch, you're sending a request to the body module. The body module decides whether that window goes down. Right. Well, all those modules have to talk. Mm-hmm. And if the system starts checking itself, it well, doesn't see one of the modules – it can shut the entire butt system down, That's right. which I've so seen it shut the whole entire car all down. All kind of other stuff not work, or very least throw a check engine light on. Sure. Now, one other point that Ms. Jeter had made is that not every shop is going to service every kind of car. Correct. And that can be a big problem when you're buying a car. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to go ahead and take a break first. Ah, yes, Mr. Bigfoot. Uh, make yourself comfortable on the couch and tell me what has stressed you out. Uh, I'm just a secluded forest dweller, and I like it like that. But every now and then I get these people hunting me down. There's a TV show, jerky commercials, and now another movie. Then I worry about the hype. If they do find me, will my feet be big enough? Well, Mr. Foot, I can't really do much about these people, but I can tell you how to create some peace of mind in your life. Do like me and take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. They provide me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need now and in the future. They can even catch small issues that could lead to big expensive problems down the road. An Agco general inspection, huh? Oh, one more thing, Doc. Could you tell me where I can find this toilet paper? I've heard wonderful things about it. Here's Agco's number. And the name of another store that may ship some TP straight to your cave. Thanks, Doc. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive question you may have. Just give us a call, 291-6901. And that's what Gene did. Good morning, Gene. Hey, hello. I love you also. Okay. Good morning. Hey. I'm, take, I'm thinking about getting uh, another vehicle, a pickup truck, uh, like a heavy-duty one. And I've been seeing us uh, stay away from, like, the 5.4 motors. Do y'all pretty well agree with that, or, or have they got them all? Well, they've dro- are you talking about on a Ford 5.4? Yes. Yeah, they've dropped uh, the 5.4 uh, now. I think everything is a 5.0 now, and there's another one. I don't remember what three, it is. It's either 3.5 or 3.7 with twin turbos. Yeah, that's the 6-cylinder. But, yeah. And then, and then uh, the everything's V8. the 5-liter. They've dropped that 5.4 as far as I know. I hadn't seen one in, in a few years. Yeah. 5.4, not a great engine. On a used vehicle, they've had a lot of trouble with them, in my opinion. Man, they get up around 100,000 miles, they either drop a timing chain or camshafts wear out or they start knocking or losing all pressure and all that. I was not at all pleased with that engine. So I would yes. try to stay away from it if it were me. Yeah, I, I'll be getting a used vehicle. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, right. I would I would tend to stay away from it unless you've got one that's been meticulously maintained. And I think people would put the wrong oil in them. They wouldn't put synthetic blend in them, which is what they require, 5W20 synthetic blend. They'd put the wrong stuff in there. Maybe that caused a lot of trouble. I don't know. But they did have, in my opinion, way too many problems way too soon on that engine. They're usually pretty good for the first 100,000 miles, but after that, we've seen an awful lot of them. You can't find a used engine because, I mean, they're all bad. and the, the used ones just aren't any good either. Yeah, they hit the junkyards. They're gone right away if there is one, and it's a very, very expensive engine from forward to buy. So, yeah, you want to – I would stay away from it. Sounds good to bash. All right, Gene. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Thanks, Carl, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, we were talking just a little bit about the brake, mm-hmm. about something that you don't necessarily always think about when you buy a used car or even a new car. Sure. And that is, where are you going to get it serviced? Some people have a shop that they dealt with with their older other car, mm-hmm. and you know now they're changing brand names, and it just doesn't come across to, to think to call the shop that's been working on your car, right. your old car. Do you work on these? Right. Uh, that should be the first question when you because consider not it. Every shop services every type of car. We do not. It's just so expensive. If it's not enough of a certain model of car in the area, then a lot of shops are not going to service that vehicle. Right. They just can't afford the equipment investment and you, uh, to, you, to well, try to get a return. And you may only have one dealership in the area. Well, and that's another point altogether. If you buy a vehicle and you say, well, I'll just take it back to the dealer, well, that's right. great. But remember, if there's only one dealership in the area, and for some reason, something happens between you and the dealership. You fall out with them. Right. They mistreat you in some way. Okay, well, now Where what are you, you going? Do? Yeah. I've got a good friend of mine who has a European-type car. I'm not going to mention the brand name, but he lives in Lake Charles. Mm-hmm. And he and the dealership, they really, really, in my opinion, used and abused him a few times. Right. And he's, but now... You where do you go? You could drive all the way to Baton Rouge, you drive all the way to Houston to get your car serviced. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really not practical. And not many independent shop services brand either. Right. So best off, if you're going to buy a vehicle used or new, new, right? look and see how many dealerships there are in the area that service that type of vehicle. Call, go, and, go, like I said earlier, go to your who's, whoever's been working on your car previously and ask them. Right. If you have a preferred provider, make sure they service that vehicle. You may have to call around and find somebody that works on well, it that you don't know yet. For instance, let's say you have a Chevrolet in Baton Rouge. Well, well there are, what, eight, nine dealerships chevrolet dealers in the area so uh, countless independent independence shops, virtually all independent shops will work on a gm or ford or chrysler mm-hmm. and if there is a problem between you and the dealership then you got other options sure. there now let's say you buy a suzuki okay or a mitsubishi or subaru a subaru right which are not necessarily bad cars but there are no dealers in this area correct any of those vehicles so, at very least, even if you can find an independent shop that can work on it, they're going to have to order all the parts mm-hmm. because there's no source of parts here. So, so, you're looking at at least overnight, maybe at, longer. At best, overnight. And many times, a whole, whole lot longer. Mm-hmm. So, that's one of the points that, I guess, in years past, we didn't really think about all these kinds of no, things. No, not really. But it's just gotten to the point where it's probably close to $50,000 per year per vehicle type. By the time you buy the service data, you buy the, the tools, tooling, the, tooling. the scan tools, right. all the different stuff. Plus, if you don't see a vehicle enough, it's very hard to keep people trained on it. Sure. You can send them to the classes and stuff, but if they don't use it, then they're going yeah. to just, they're going to tend to forget it. They're going to remember the cars that they work on a lot. Mm-hmm. So 
that can be a real, real problem for people and something to kind of keep in mind anytime you're buying a used car or a new car. Right. So, anyway, that was a couple of questions that Mr. Jeter had, and I thought it was really, really good. Now, one thing that I would want to put in is that if you are looking at used vehicles, there is a checklist on our site. If you go to agcoauto.com and just key in the word checklist under the search bar, it'll pull it up for you. And these are some things you may not have thought about. The reason I've mentioned that is that if you're going to buy a car, I would never, ever, ever buy a car without having it inspected professionally before you buy it. Exactly. But you don't necessarily want to bring every car you look at in for inspection because it would get expensive. Right. So you can take this checklist and you can go over this checklist with the car you're considering. And if it passes this checklist... Then it's time to say, hey, okay, this might be the car. Let's get a car inspection. You can probably eliminate about 75 to 90% of the problem vehicles by going down this checklist. Right. And it's things that may or may not occur to you. But like I say, it's it's a little free list. You just print it out in a PDF format. Take it with you while you look into cars. Check these Mm -hmm. off. We also have several articles on our website about buying a used vehicle. That goes into things to look for. How to spot a wrecked vehicle. Sure. Some things on how to spot a flooded vehicle. So even though I would, even if I didn't see anything at all wrong with this vehicle, I would still bring it in. Oh, most I would definitely. invest the money to have it professionally inspected because there are things we're going to find that you're just not going to find. Well, and the thing about doing that is before you purchase this vehicle, before you lay any money down, mm-hmm. have this vehicle checked. And that way, when you, let's say they find something that's not too major, but it's major enough that it needs to be repaired before you purchase the vehicle, mm-hmm. you still have a leg to stand on. Because once you lay that money down, you're at their mercy to fix whatever you find. Well, it becomes a lot more difficult to get somebody to do something once they've got your money. Mm-hmm. And that's just a sad epitaph, but it's just the way human nature is. If you've ever hired a craftsperson to come to your house and you pay him in full up front, how long right. does it take to get that job done? Exactly. <laughs> And, of and course, that's a generalization, but if there's something you find that's wrong with it and they agree to fix it, have them fix it. And, and then tell you what, I'll leave the car with you, get it fixed. Call me when it's fixed. Call me when it's done, and then I'll come pick it up. Sure. Because if you take delivery of the car, you pay them, your legal standing just went way, way down. Uh-huh. But more to the point, they don't have near the incentive to get, to get it done. This done and get this done properly. Right. They may do some kind of halfway job on it and say, okay, there, it's done. That's what we agreed to do. Well, now, you've already bought the car. Right. Now, he said, she said, whereas if you have not purchased the vehicle yet, you can say, no, wait a minute, guys, this isn't what we said. Now, if you want me to buy it, this needs to be resolved. We had a lot of people come in, and they drive the car, and it's pulling to the right. Oh, well, it it probably just needs an alignment. We'll take care of that. Go ahead and sign the paper. Mm -hmm. But then it's not a front-end alignment. It's something else. And, well, they all do that. And, well, da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. Yeah, try to pacify you to get you to to go away actually right might need another set of tires it could be a bad rack and pinion it could be all sorts of things but the point is once you've signed on a dotted line and taken delivery of the car your position gets a whole lot yeah less firm it, exactly and it happens more often than you think to to people that are actually even kind of looking for that thing to happen mm-hmm. it happens oh yeah yeah so you know, not only do you need to inspect the car but whatever gets found before you buy the car yep have it fixed. Another thing that we get a lot is people will bring a car in and they've already purchased it. Sure. And then they get an, an inspection on it because well, they it, suspect problems. And it goes from a used car in, uh, inspection to a general inspection right. at that point. Well, and the point is, 
just what are you going to do when we give you this big long list of stuff it needs? Now you got to go back, and if you bought the car from an individual and right. he refuses to give you money back and refuses to do anything about it, at very least you into the court system, which is not going to be a very pleasant no. situation for anybody. Time consuming. Even if you buy it from one of the smaller, even one of the larger, or something, even the large ones, for yeah, that matter, they'll do it. I know most of the time, if you buy from a big reputable lot, they don't want bad publicity right, out there right. so they're more likely to try to help you but again yeah, they can string you along as long as they want yeah a lot of times people can get tired and go away that's what they're looking for particularly if it's just an annoying problem and not really a dangerous problem mm-hmm. stuff like the car pulls right or pulls left or does it shake when i apply the brakes or the radio keeps cutting out or stuff like that it's annoying but it's not really life-threatening so they just don't take a big interest in fixing it yeah 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 but you're stuck with it is something that aggravates you every time you drive the car. Well, and not only that, they said they would do it, and now they're not. Yeah. You know, and when you get into that situation, it can get out of hand real fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, again, if you fall out with the dealership that you bought the car from and you do need some recall work done or something, and there's exactly. only one dealership, yeah. right there you are. Now you're behind eight ball once again. I remember we had a gentleman come in one time. He had purchased a Toyota and from one of the Toyota dealers. And only had one key with it. Right. And, well, we'll get you another key. Well, okay, but they didn't. And some time went by. Life happens. Before you know it, six months has gone by. Still hadn't got his key. So he decides, well, I'll just go purchase a key. Right. Well, well that, that key is a couple hundred bucks. That's about 350 bucks on this particular car. So now he goes back. Well, that's six months ago. Well, what difference does that make? You said you were going to do it and you didn't do it. Right. You know, but it turned into a real nasty situation. Sure. And I don't think, I think he ended up having to buy a key. I don't think he ever did get his key. And the thing is, had he said, okay, tell you what, give me a key. Give me a key. Then and we'll I'll, sign the papers. Yeah, then we'll sign the papers. Very, very likely he would have got his key. Sure. And could have saved all the heartache and aggravation and stress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, one last quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Sir, how did you get in here? I used my grappling hook and climbed in through the window. Well, as long as you have an appointment. Ah, yes, Mr. B. Wing. Uh, why are you stressed about your job? Doc, I live in an area with a high crime rate, and part of my duty is to fight that crime. But lately, it seems like every time I turn around, someone needs my help. It's like this bright light signaling. Bat, what, I mean, B. Wayne, help us. Well, Mr. Rain, there's not much I can do in regard to your crime-fighting dilemma. But if you want some peace of mind, bring your car in once a year to AGCO for a general inspection. They'll inspect your vehicle bumper to bumper and let you know where you stand. And these guys are honest? Years ago, they advised me not to fix a minor electrical problem that I could live with because it was too expensive. They sound like good people. Okay, I've got to go. <coughs> I sure wish he would use the door like a normal patient. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm Lewis Altazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got Mr. Brian Terry, our lead tech, right here by the side. Between two of us, we'll try and answer any automotive questions you may have. See if we can catch a couple of these calls. We got Kevin online. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, this is Kevin from West Virginia. Hey, Kevin, how are you this morning? Doing well, buddy. Just doing a uh, food drive this morning, trying to help out the postal service here. Oh, well, good deal. Food for the local area. Hey, just wanted to let you know I've really appreciated your show, and uh, I got somebody turned on to listen to you. He uh, drives a 
he's working on and drives a uh, Jaguar. And okay. I know you don't work on your <laughs> vehicles, but uh, I'm sure he could use your assistance. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Keeping that thing going. So, hey, keep up the great work, buddy. It's great to hear from you all. Oh, good well, deal, Kevin. Thanks for calling, man. Hey, have a good one, guys. Take you care. too. Thanks, Bye-bye. man. Bye-bye. All right, going back to our phone lines, we got Rob on line. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, pretty simple question. I have a 2007 Suburban. Okay. And I religiously put Armor All and or uh, I think it was Turtle Wax Protectant on the dash. Mm-hmm. So that black plastic dash has just cracked. And disintegrated. Yeah, yeah. They have they trouble do that. with that. That, uh, they use the wrong material, in my opinion. Oh, oh, 08 to 11 or 12 have that same issue. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that that so, dash yeah. is cracked Yeah, like it's that. the material I think they used. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall there being any kind of a recall on it or I'd a have policy to look adjustment. It you might just ask the dealership if there's any kind of a policy adjustment. You know, the difference between a recall and a policy adjustment, recall they have to notify because of safety issue. But something like that is not a safety issue. But if you go in and you ask, you can sometimes yeah. get a free repair. Whereas if you don't ask, shame on you. I know those those dash pads and, and pieces are kind of on the expensive side. They're expensive, and not only that, they are generating a good deal of labor to replace them. Now, they do make some covers. It's like a slip-over cover, not as good as the original piece was. But but it beats looking at all that cracked-up dash. Yeah. And I know it rattles going down the road, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, one other. So the armor all in that. It's not going to help no. that. They, well, I think it's an okay product, but it's just this was a defective material. And they had that a lot. I know Toyota had it on some yeah. of their products. They recalled those and replaced them. Nissan had it on a lot of their products. Dodge has had that trouble for, for just oh, man. forever with their dashes cracking up. And got a buddy of mine who is a big wig out at Copolymer, which makes the rubber and plastics for most of these guys. I asked him about that one time. He says, man, look, we spec out what they need. They won't buy it. He said they buy the cheapest stuff they can get, and then they add extenders to it. So right. it's just a matter of car companies being what the car companies are. Right. The only, the only the, the other exterior problem I have with that car is that the clear coat mm-hmm. is kind of starting to deteriorate. Yes, and sir. Is, and I washed it religiously, but I never really waxed it mm-hmm. religiously. And so the keep that clear coat in good shape, is that the answer to wax it regularly? A good, yeah, a good heavy wax, like a carnubu type wax something that you have to rub in and then polish off now just the polishes you put on there probably afford some protection but very little but a good wax is going to protect it from the elements i mean but again you got to figure on 08 it's 11 years old the sun's been if it sits out in the sun a lot eventually the sun's gonna have its way you know ultraviolet light i mean i've got two big umbrellas on my balcony in new orleans bright orange and i mean in about a year of being out there, they're not even one-tenth the color they were before. That sun is brutal, man, and, right. and it will take. I mean, the, the absolute best thing is if you have any kind of a cover to keep the vehicle under, you can protect it from that. Can't do that, and a good coat of wax will definitely help. Okay. All right. Well, All righty. Thanks, Colin. Right. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want part of the automotive, I always still got a couple of minutes. Talking a little bit about pre-purchase inspections right. and that sort of thing. Now, be aware that not every shop bills the same way correct for their services and the way we bill at agco for our pre-purchase inspection we bill by the hour in a one tenth of an hour increment and the reason for that is if we get a car you bring us a car we run it up on the rack 10 minutes we look at this car and say hey this car is in terrible shape right we're not going to charge you a full hour for the diagnosis we're going to charge you that 10 minutes we spent you can take the vehicle back and you're not out 
more than you should be well, for an inspection. Basically, what you're looking for in a pre-purchase inspection is a reason not to buy the vehicle. So, therefore, a better vehicle is actually going to take a little longer to yeah, diagnose. The better the vehicle, the longer it's going to take me. If it's a really clean vehicle, I may spend an entire hour sure. going over it. But let's say we take and we jack the car up. We look underneath, and the entire floor pan is rusted out. Right. Is there really any need to go any further? All right. You know, you... That's already a, a good reason not to buy this vehicle. Right. Or let's say we put it in reverse. It hesitates, slams in gear. I pull the dipstick, and the fluid is black as tar. Sure. Burn smelling. Well, okay, we know it needs a transmission. Is it really worth going on? And there are obviously always exceptions. In other words, the gentleman who buys the car or lady who buys the car knowing the transmission is sure. bad. And they've budgeted that in, and they're getting a cheap enough price where they can afford to put a transmission. Well, yeah, we exactly. might want to check the car further. But if you're paying anywhere close to retail price for this car, and now we're popping another three to $5,000 for a right transmission, right. that's certainly not a car that I'm going to buy. I would just soon take that money, put it towards buying a better car, and skip all the headaches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that, the point is, if you bill by the time that you spend, it can very well save you a whole lot of money. If you have just a set fee, like a lot of shops just have a flat fee. Sure. So if they put it up and they spend five minutes looking at it, they're going to still charge you the full price. Right. I just never have agreed with that. So you want to get that clear when you ask the shop, how much do you charge for this general inspection or for this pre-purchase inspection, and what does that include? And, again, if you're being billed only for the time that you're going to spend on the car, it may just not take a whole lot of time to get the information that you need. And sure. there's no use paying for more information than you need. Again, the, the exception being, let's say you know that you got a certain problem and you budgeted the money for that. Well, and you're getting the car for less than it's going to take to fix it. Well, Let, let's yeah. say you got a bad transmission. It takes, let's say it takes $3,000 to it's fix this fi- vehicle. It's a $15,000 car and right. you're buying it for ten. Exactly. That's good. You're okay. all right. As long as the rest of the vehicle checks out. But so, now, let's say we check it, and the AC compressor's leaking, the evaporator core's leaking, all the brakes are metal on metal, it's got a stuck caliper on one side, it's right. got two bent wheels and three ball, ball head tires. Right, that $5,000 you you, you're saving up front, you're going to spend trying to get this vehicle back up to par to be able to be driven. Right, or let's say worse than that, we get in and the cooling system is totally corroded. There's, they've not ever changed the cooling in it, they put regular city water in it, and the cooling system is just... Well, I mean, this is going to be a problem that is going to haunt you for the whole time you own this vehicle. Yep. You can very easily spend more than what the vehicle's worth. Oh, most definitely. Trying trying to to fix this. We see this a lot where people will buy an older car, uh, maybe an old classic or something, and it's been sitting for a number of years. Right. Now, so long as you know what you are getting into. we got a gentleman in the shop right now, and he's got a Corvette. Right. That he purchased brand new. Right. And he wants to get it back on the road. And it has been sitting for, I think he said, what, 10 years? Something like that. Yeah. Well, his first concern is the brake pedal was going to the floor, real spongy and all that. So he brought it in. Well, when we checked it, we found it's got rusted brake lines. It's got this, it's got that, it's got the other. The point is, we were able to tell him everything it was. And we called him at that point and said, look, man, I don't want to go start on these brakes unless you know for sure where you're going. So he came out to the shop. We pointed everything out to him. We really appreciate you letting us know this. However, I'm going to restore the car, and it really doesn't matter. Right. He just needs some hands because he's unable to do it right now with his situation with work. Mm-hmm. So he needs somebody to do it for him. Right. And that's where we came in. But he knows exactly where he's going. He's got the time. He's got the money set aside. Sure. 
he knows what's going to be involved in it, and that's fine as long as everybody knows that they're on the same page. The point is you don't want to start on a project like this thinking it's going to be $1,000 is going to fix it. Sure. Because you're going to eat up more than $1,000 just on the brakes. Well, oh, definitely, especially with a Corvette or any, any, any kind of classic for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, parts for those have gotten extremely stupid well, for, in the last for, for few the good years. Stuff, yeah, you, know, you can buy. You can the, get cheap stuff. You can buy the Chinese knockoff junk, but you know you that's, end, not that's any what you're going to end up with. Yeah, that's not going to do you any good at all. So, yeah, you can get in this car and you can pump an inordinate amount of money into it. You don't want to find this out after you've already put a whole lot of money into it. Exactly. We find this with used cars where people will bring them in, they buy the car, they go put a set of tires on it. The guy says, hey, you break some metal on metal. They put brakes on it. He says, well, you got some leaking shocks. They put a set of shocks on it. Well, now they've got $2,000, $2,500 tied up in the car. Then they bring it to us and say, look, man, the engine's knocking. Mm-hmm. Well, did it really make sense to invest all that money in a car right. with a bad engine? Exactly. So the time to get inspected is before, before you spend any money and really before you even buy the car. Hey, I see we're just about out of time. We need to start winding on up, get ready to get on out of here. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written review and fill it out for us, please. Oh, really makes our day when we read these written reviews, and they're positive and also helps to move us up in the rankings. Preceding with opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.